Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, Terry, and welcome all to part seven of our weekly podcast, The Curran View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Terry Curran. Yes, good evening again, and uh, it's nice to be speaking to you again. Yeah, always is, Tell. Um, Beans, it's episode number seven, and we always talk about your favourite number or your favourite number seven. Your number seven for Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday scored a goal of sublime brilliance, didn't he? He did, and uh, it looks like a good signing for, for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, what is he, 26, being at Cardiff. Uh, I think Bruce uh, fetched him into the club. Uh, but looking at him, you see, you don't know whether uh, the kid has had a fair crack at work because yeah. in football, uh, a lot of players will tell you, uh, it's not that you, uh, you're not good enough for the team. Sometimes, it's the, without being rude to the manager, it, it's his opinion. And, yeah. and if, if they like you, sometimes, uh, and if they don't like you, then they'll not pick you. So, but looking at on that first game, it looked terrific to me. And you're absolutely right. And it's not just like with the managers that might not fancy you because we've changed your managers uh, these days. I mean, you, it's not uncommon for some clubs to have two managers in, in the same season. But it's the players that you've got around you and the way that, that the team plays. And some styles are not conducive to some players and some styles are very conducive to others, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that is a terrific point, that uh, uh, Paul. That It is a terrific point. Um, I mean, when managers signing players, sometimes they're signing them for the for the, for the manager's philosophy, and I understand that because he's the manager, he'll want to play a certain way. But sometimes when they sign that particular player or a certain player, <clears throat> he might not fit into that plan. When he gets there, people say, you know, they, they take time to settle in. And sometimes that's probably the reason why, because, like I say, uh, it'd be... It'd be Playing to a different uh, format to to where he was playing at previous uh, club. When I, I saw him towards end of last season, uh, Avis, and I thought to myself, I wonder why he's not being in the team. But again, like I say, it's it's not necessarily down to the player. Sometimes it is down to the manager not uh, fancying him. Yeah, there are so many different factors that you have to look at these days, and the contracts that some of these players sign uh, today. Are quite ridiculous in in some instances, and and he could have something like that in his contract that prevented the manager from picking him. Well, yeah, well, well the, the thing is, when you when you look at uh, some clubs, uh, they'd be on a, a bonus uh, yeah. scheme where if once they get near to that um, trigger, say whether it's thirty games, twenty games, or ten games, when that player goes to that club. The, the the owners or, or or the chairman of that club might turn around and say to the manager, uh, "We don't want you to play him in, uh, anymore because he's he's, he's got a twenty thousand or fifty thousand pound or a hundred thousand pound signing on fee, yep. and they want to save that money maybe for a, to put to another transfer. You don't know, but it's little things like that, like you're saying, uh, what uh, uh, stop certain aspects to play uh, players giving games sometimes." Yeah, and another thing that I used to do when I used to coach and manage my youngsters, and I took it from a Test Match Special with with 
uh, Brian Johnson when he used to have the champagne moment. I nicked it and turned it into the magic moment, and I used to give it to a player who produced the magic moment of that weekend. Now, for me, this weekend, the magic moment trophy, if I was giving it out, would be to Tom Lawrence for his, his brace last night. I thought that both goals were brilliant. They were, um, and I'm very impressed with uh, Derby County. I mean, the, the, not only that, they've got a manager in uh, Philip Koku. Uh, to get that type of manager at, uh, at, to play in that league is a great signing for them. Um, the goal itself is a fantastic goal, the first one. But when you when you analyse it, I mean, I've always said to you about defending. Uh, it didn't. It didn't about people organising. Uh, it's players making mistakes. And when you look at the goal, the first goal, what is this? I mean, I want people to play and I want people to express themselves. But that's not expressing yourself near your own goals. Trying to knock it back to the goalkeeper with your shoulder. Yeah. Right. But Lawrence had a lot of work to do, and to be able to flick it up and then volley it in was tremendous. Uh, and, and and his second goal to shift it from from his uh, right foot to his left foot and then clip it back across the goal. Uh, the goal, the the goalkeeper's uh, left hand side again, fantastic, great finish, and I was very impressed with Derby County. And again, so was I, and I was impressed with them last season. Um, okay, they've lost a couple of players. They've they've lost Mason Mount and Harry Wilson. It looks as though Harry's going into Bournemouth this season on another season's uh, long loan. But Tom Huddleston coming again early doors this season like he did last season and I've always been impressed with him he's one that sits at the base of that midfield and holds things together and sprays that ball around the pitch and lets the younger guns do the running around him doesn't he yeah I mean obviously uh, Tottenham Hotspur when when I first saw him playing he looked a terrific young player and then he moved on uh, to Hull City for about four what if Hull City or West either Hull all City for four million, then on to West Brom yeah. and then Derby County. But he's got all the natural ability uh, in the world. Now, when I talk about when you're signing uh, footballers and not athletes, he's he's typical of a, a footballer. Yeah. But I mean, I don't see him every day, and we only I only see him on television. Now, footballers, you have to be fit. That's one thing you have to be. Now. I don't know if he's carrying excessive weight. I don't know if you know if he's doing things what he shouldn't be doing at a football club. But a player with his natural talent and fit should be in that Derby County team or whatever club he's at because he's, he's a type of player what can play the ball forward with good, accurate passing. He's that type of player. And you're right, he looked, you know, he, he looked the part again last night. Now maybe uh, Philip Cocker uh, will be the one what brings it out of him. Now, I think he had a problem with a young baby. I'm sure he lost a baby. I'm sure he did on that line or something, which um, obviously put him... Uh, it's like a concentration yeah. because of the problems he had. We, we, we know that scenario with, with the family. Um, that didn't help him at all. But he's got natural ability. And like all players what has got good ability, they have to be fit. And especially in today's modern day, because the drinking and the eating uh, is not like it were in yesteryear. What was it like in yesteryear? And let's go back um, on inner time capsule to the great managers that you played under and managers in those days that you would have liked to have played under that, that you didn't. Well, I, I, I always wanted to play under Brian Clough. I yep. mean, I'll, I'll never forget... Uh, 
the day I, f- I finally signed for him and uh, Stan Anderson said to me, uh, we're going down to Nottingham tomorrow. Uh, we're going to finally um, speak to Brian Clough and then you're coming back. We meet in Everton, uh, Sheffield United and Tottenham at Mansfield because the reserves are playing there. And then, you know, they were going to have half an hour uh, intervals with, to speak to the three other managers. But I knew for six months I was going to be uh, signing for, for, for Brian Clough. But the day I met him, uh, they, they played Rothery. It was a Wednesday. We set we set off down in the afternoon. Uh, got round down there for about two o'clock. Uh, met Brian Clough with Alan Hill and the, the, the then chairman, Mr. Brian Appleby. And I remember Clough saying to me, he said, uh, young man, uh, sign here and I'll make you an England player. And I said, you no need to bother. I'll make myself an England player. I said, and not only that, I'll get you promotion. The chairman of the uh, tell me, I'll buy you a, a new suit. Uh, I said, I'll keep you to that. Anyway, uh, as as I got the contract, uh, I'd asked for, uh, I think it was £90, 90 pound a week. He said, I'll give you 120 So I'm thinking to myself, why didn't I ask for 120 Why didn't he give me <laughs> 200 You know, but before I signed, he said, then he said something to me, and I said to him, well, I'm not signing unless I'm playing um, on Saturday. You're playing Notts County. He said, oh, you'll be playing. Anyway, that night I stayed down to watch the game. Uh, the beat Rotherham had the 5 0 5 1. He took me straight in and he took me over to Martin and Neely. He said, I've signed him to take your place. You know, and you, you, even though I'd been asking to, you know, I wasn't going to sign unless I was, I was playing on the Saturday, uh, it embarrassed me a, li- a little bit when he took me over to Martin O'Neill. But on the Saturday, we played Dots County. He left Martin out, I played, and we got beat 1-0. I felt, I never felt as, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I hope this is going to get better from, me, uh, from now on. As it happens, it did. But uh, they were little things like that. Uh, Malcolm Allison tried to sign me. I, I don't think I would have wanted to play for Malcolm Allison. He, he, him and uh, Terry Venables at the time. Venables, yeah, but Malcolm Allison were always uh, looking to uh, find way, uh, ideas yeah. to, uh, I think, improve him and not the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at the managers, all the managers I played for, you couldn't have asked for, when you when, before you play for them, um, thinking, well, I couldn't have asked for any better managers to sign for me. When, when, when I signed for the, the teams I signed for, uh, the Dock at uh, Derby, McManamy at uh, Southampton, they're all big names. Uh, Jack at Sheffield Wednesday, then I went up at uh, Everton. So, no, I wouldn't have said I would like to play for, for, for anyone other than them I played for, but um, team-wise, I've always wanted to play for Sheffield Wednesday. Yep. Uh, but other than that, would have been Manchester United and I nearly signed for them uh, when Ron Atkinson was manager of Man United. Now, Malcolm Allison, what team would that have been? Would that have been the Man City team or Crystal no, Palace? No, it was Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, I was playing for Doncaster and yeah. uh, they came up to Darlington. And he was, remember the big hat he used to wear? Yeah, dude, that fedora. <laughs> that was in the director's box. And I mean, in those days, Darlington, what, with 15, 2,000 people there. And there was a, a, a big roar. When you turn around, there was someone gone off in the director's box. Malcolm Allison sat down on the, on, on the, in the chair in the director's box. It must have collapsed, you know, and his hat had fallen off. So, but uh, no, he was at Crystal Palace, uh, Malcolm Allison, at that time. But he was a big character. He used to have the big cigars as well, didn't he? He was a larger-than-life character. Big uh, cigars, uh, champagne, and he'd always got a Playboy uh, girl on his arm. 
and and of course that uh, that big overcoat that he always used to wear a big overcoat as well didn't he Malcolm you needed those in the in the days uh, Paul because at the end of the day the winters used to be really really cold I mean they're not as cold now but uh, you needed to be wrapped up in those days these players today will, be, will never be playing on snow like we did. How would players of the 70s, managers of the 70s, um, look at players, the modern day players, that, that, that go out in gloves and sometimes even in August and September? It looks ridiculous. Well, he, I get what you're saying on that side, but I remember being at Southampton, we were playing at Reading in, yeah. in a cup competition. And in the middle of January, when you get, he used to collect a long sleeve shirt and, uh, and a short sleeve. Uh, and I put the long sleeve on, and I remember me going back, uh, mad and saying, uh, you know, get that off and put your short sleeve on. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, it was uh, it's absolutely freezing. But the, they want you to go out, out and get warmed up, to get warmed up prior to a game. Yeah. Now, once you get running about, you soon forget all about the coldness. And I, I do mean that. But... I look at players. If it's if a player is happy putting a pair of gloves on, it's all right by me. But uh, it, 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 other people get annoyed with it. I, I understand that. But uh, in those days, it was uh, it, it was cold. In today's modern day football, they, they won't play in those conditions. Practically, they're playing cold, but they won't play in the snow and, and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean that we used to have the Pauls panel that sat because famously we had that many games called off in them days. I, I remember one in the the mid seventies that was on on a frosty pitch, and and that was Birmingham City versus Leicester, and 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 Keith Weller wore a pair of white tights that day. Yes, you, I remember, you remember that. that. I can remember them. Well, yeah. Well, Frank says he only wore that because his missus found him in, in the glove compartment of his <laughs> car. <laughs> well, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, I think that was. That was the first time I think you'd seen a, a couple of players wearing those uh, ties come onto a pitch. But it did used to be cold. It, I mean, the, the 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 weather now is a lot uh, warmer than in our days. I remember the last, was really the last bad winter we had was uh, '63 when it was when football was called off for a long, yeah. long time. Uh, but it, I mean, it's nowhere near as what it uh, it used to be. But like I say, in in those days, uh, you you had to run around. You had to run around to keep warm because. Uh, if you didn't, you'd bloody freeze to death. Uh, but the thing for footballers now, for them to play, uh, they would they wouldn't play in our day. They would not. They refuse to play. Managers could they handle the players today? No, because it, they, I mean Martin O'Neill's proved that with what's happened at Notts Forest. Yeah. They weren't happy with his training. They got rid of him. I think Cluffy found it very hard when the Premier League come in with all the money. Um, what came into the uh, Premier League, and then he couldn't be able to compete with the with the big clubs anymore because they they got that much money and it was very hard to for people like Clough to to discipline them type of players uh, so it, could the managers managing them in in these days they'd have, they would definitely have to change their ways definitely have to change their ways players wise I think it'd be so easy for us to play nowadays because they've got everything for them the pitches are right uh you know, the dietitian's right, the fitness is right, you know, they're not carrying uh, excessive weight. Uh, could they play nowadays? The good players would play in any in, in any era, but I think the, even the good players, they would refuse to play on conditions what we played in, on pitches, snow, ice, and that type of thing. So 
it, it, it's hard to, 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 to judge anything like that, isn't it, Gabby? Because it's, it's an hypothetical question in a sense that uh, we, we would never see whether it would happen. And that's the problem with it. Yeah, I remember interviewing Frank Worthington. I asked him, do you think that, you know, you players of the of the 70s you you were outstanding players i know maverick is a, t- a term that, that you don't particularly like but i've always used it as a term of endearment because those kind of players actually fitted into a team of course they did but they were they, they were the linchpin they were the kingpin they were the ones that nobody could tame they're the ones that that done things that the crowd loved and and excited and and got the crowd into the ground then then on their feet, and and Frank says, "We, we great players are playing any era," and I the think world. he's absolutely right. Absolutely he, he right. Is, he's right. I mean, we'll go back to that to uh, Maverick thing. Managers uh, put that label players with Mavericks, yeah. Because what had happened? What happened? Uh, the managers, if players like Worthington, the Hudson's your best, they didn't. I mean, best were a bit different because he were pulling. Uh, sponsors from all over the place, so the sponsors made sure that he played. If they didn't want to uh, 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 to to play a player, uh, certain managers, what they would do, they would label him uh, Maverick. What's yeah. a Maverick? He doesn't conform to to our way of playing. He's going to do things off the cuff. It's not, you know, we're not. Well, in your mind, you're not. Um, it's not fitting in with your way of thinking. These type of players are going to unlock doors for you. They're going to create goals for you. They're going to score goals for you. I mean, when you see some of football uh, over this last 20 years, 30 years, some of it has been diabolical, but some of it's good. I mean, I still like there's some, there's some managers and some players you still like to watch, but there's nowhere near as many great players, especially English players, that they're, they're dying, they've been dying to death. Since the foreigners of uh, foreign coaches have come in, we're getting one or two coming back, uh, coming through again, and let's let's hope it's it's going to be on the uh, on on the uh, on the right trend for us all because we all want to see the national team do well. But people like Frank, you know, what could do things with the ball? Or what could uh, could make things happen for the team? I mean, wherever Frank went and and and, and Hudson, they were always successful, yeah. always successful. So every team they played at. Not every manager, when they left that team, their team did well. You, you, you. If you look, if you analyse and have a look at that deeply, you'll see that some manager, when certain players left, like the Stoke, when 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 Huddy left Stoke, they started to drop down again. Why? Because once he left, oh, the the others wanted to leave. They don't want to be there if they if they're not competing for uh, for cup competitions and leagues. And in those days, Stoke, what a difficult team to play. And this, I mean, they even signed Peter Shilton. So they, they were going up, you know, they were going about wanting to win the leagues in them days, Stoke City. One of the phrases and tags that I disliked, um, and I've, I've never, I, I, again, <laughs> I get why they did it, and and for for those reasons that you've just given, when they used to tag players like that, luxury players, I did yeah. really dislike that. Really right. disliked it. It, it's 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 an outlet for them. Yeah, it's exactly. an outlet for the manager not to play that play if he yeah, doesn't want to play him or he doesn't like him. Yeah. Because they, they players, some managers. Nah, listen, the guys. Nobody convinced me on it. I've seen it. I've been at football clubs. I've seen players what should be playing and not get picked because of certain things like you've just said. Yeah. A luxury player. You know what is a luxury player? Somebody what not strolling about. No. Somebody what's strolling about, what's thinking about the game, finding finding uh, a position, and get, creating space. I hear, I used to hear it said, "Is lazy him." Yeah. 
No, he's not lazy. He's finding space. Yeah. Now, if players can't find him the ball, uh, and if they got him the ball, and he would then be able to play other players in, it's just an excuse for them. They want runners what can run all day. Yeah. That will never work, Paul. It will never, never work that. people. If you got, you've got to get the right balance of a team, and if you can get uh, a Frank Worthington in your team, or a, or a Dallin Hudson, you look at the great teams, they've all had that type of player. I mean, you can you can say Messi is on an upper, upper level or two levels from Worthington. That right? If he's only been on that because he's got players around him. What are all world class players in his team? Yeah. And he's been he's been allowed to express himself. Frank and, and, and Frank will tell you himself. Some managers would leave him out, uh, blame him for goals uh, conceded when he's a striker. You know, and they will get on his back, and then sometimes they'll be thinking, "Shall I do this? And shall I, uh, shall I not do that?" It, fans won't, don't understand what goes off in the changing rooms and, and, and on the training pitch when when managers are having a go at certain players because it's always the individual. Matt Letizia is is a prime example. Love Matt Letizia. Yeah. Should have had more England caps, but when you look at him, even in, in this day and age, you know. Uh, always carried a little bit of weight, yeah. but he kept Southampton up mm. for years. Not other managers; it was him because they weren't a good team. The goals he scored for that team, uh, that club, were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So when they label the players as a luxury player, I've never seen a luxury player. I've seen great players. I've seen bad teams, and I've seen average players around that bad player, a uh, great player. The phrase that I love and, and, and the phrase that um, that, that I would uh, give to those players. And I listened to, uh, I think it was one of the uh, the reviews of the game last night. I was talking about Tom Lawrence and they seemed to, whether it was Tom that come out of it, uh, what he said it or, or the commentator, I can't remember. But it uh, looks as though the boy's been given a free roll. Now I like that. I love that. You give your player, that player that can create it, the freedom to express themselves and go wherever on that pitch they want. And that's what Borley did to Letizia. Alan Ball said to, to Matt, I mean, they both loved each other in yeah. equal amount, same as you and same as same would do with, with Borley. And all Borley said, when you get the ball, give it Matt, we play from Matt. And, and that seems to be the most sensible thing that you can do when you've got a player of immense talent, give him the ball and let him roam. Well, it was Lawrence what said it. The interviewer yeah. asked him uh, the question and he said, I've got, he's given me more freedom yeah. to go and express myself. Yeah. That's the that's the question. Yeah. Is the manager confident? I've tried to get through to people for, for years now. Uh, is giving a, that type of player the confidence to go and express himself, yeah. to create the goals, to, uh, to try and uh, score goals to make things happen but no they don't want that type of player in the team they want everyone to be able to work uh, for the team but you've got to be able to have a player what can unlock the door and it was Lawrence what turned around and said you know it's early doors yet whether the manager is going to give him that freedom to keep going and express himself because if he does and Derby have a good season Mm -hmm. this kid can be you know Watching him on, on last night's performance can be a big plus for uh, Derby County. Yeah. And you're right. You know, it, it, it was a nice little smile, open that this is, you know, this is going to be a good thing. He's going to let me. He's going to let me express myself. Good players want to want to be allowed to express themselves. 
And our, our two teams that we identified as being champions, one got off to a great start, your team, Leeds United. I noticed well. young Jock, he'd put the, uh, give him the Ballon d'Or now. So he, uh, was it Hernandez, the uh, Leeds player? He'd, he'd done a double nutmeg. and he, so, so young Jock was really happy. And my team that I'd identified as being the champions, Fulham, got off to a right stinker. Yes, well, I told you, no doubt, my battle, I'll be in front of you by the time the season ends, <laughs> uh, Paul. No, what I like about what I like about Bielsa, when you look at him, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, Jock now has become a, a Leeds fan because obviously he lives up with his mother and he's been living in Leeds and starts going to games with his mates and I think that's what's happened. I think yeah. deep down he's still got a little soft spot for Sheffield Wednesday. But Bielsa, when he came to Leeds, uh, and he come with this reputation. I mean, I knew of Bielsa. Bielsa is my uh, is my agent. I remember him playing for, uh, for 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 Argentina and managing Argentina. But the football he he, he plays a lot of a lot of coaches are, in Europe have all looked up to him. They were practically the same players when he first come to Leeds. What three previous managers had, yeah. you know, and that's what I'm saying about coaching. He's coached. He's coached them players. He's improved them players. Now, there's there's the athlete the, uh, the athlete thing. What comes into it? He's got them players fitter yeah. to play. Instead of signing athletes, he signed, he, he's got them footballers. What were just average footballers? Mm-hmm. He's improved the fitness with two sessions a day, and he's improved uh, the philosophy of the team. Yep. And they've looked. I mean, how they didn't go up last year, I don't know. But I fancy him strong because of Bielsa, and it was a great performance. As a great performance on uh, Saturday, on uh, Sunday, you know, uh, they look terrific, and they'll be, they'll take some stopping. I mean, I hope I hope they get stopped by Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've set off on a on 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 a front foot, and Kadeem Richards. It looks same as what you're saying about Lawrence. If he's going to have have the uh, freedom to roam, he might be it might be a big plus for Sheffield Wednesday. But you're right, Leeds. Uh, on uh, Sunday, looked terrific, and I think they'll t- they'll take some beating uh, this year. I'm not I'm not sure about Fulham, and the thing about the three teams what come down out of them all, I thought Cardiff might be the one yeah. what might bounce back because of uh, they had a good run towards the end of the season. They weren't a team what came down. What had had a bad uh, bad season like Huddersfield, you know your Stokes and that. Once they you know, and it's very hard to take it take it forward again once you're dropping down into that league because everyone wants to beat you yep. you know I'm not I, I like Fulham but I'm not against Fulham but I don't I don't think they'll be in the, the top three it's early to us I could be wrong but you know for me I think uh, Leeds uh, Cardiff and West Brom and I'm hoping that Sheffield Wednesday get into that and I think if if, if Bullard is given a chance compared to some of what some of them what's being mentioned I think Bullard would do all right for us. I mean, I would have liked Arteta there, but whether they could afford to get him from Manchester City, but he would to come from Manchester City, that's another uh, thing for the for the club to find, uh, to to try and find and look at and trying to find ways to get him there. If not, then I, I'd sort of give Bullard it and Chris Hutton and all the others what's been mentioned. You know, all they all they are doing is just either keep them in keep them in them leagues, get them up, and then all they do they come straight back down again. I, I don't want that with Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and I wouldn't want it with any team if what I supported. Now, did you say Bielsa was your agent? Did or did I miss? No, no, you? it's my age. 
Oh, so I was going to say, I got, yeah. No. I thought, right, I thought, blimey, I don't remember him being an agent. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's my age, so I can remember him. Yeah. Playing with Argentina, you know, and in, man- uh, and in management, uh, Bielsa, and a lot of managers, Guardiola's, I know uh, Cruyff, what, what, what are the, his idols, but Bielsa's another one. There's a lot of people copied Bielsa's way of, playing football, yeah. you know, and, and his philosophy. And he, when you look at it, he, he makes sure players are fit, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference between see people trying to, coaches, and I know because I've seen it, I've been there when they've said it, get me an athlete and I'll line his football out and I'll teach him how to, he, yeah. that will never happen. No. Get footballers, get them fit, and if they can't get round pitch, then get rid of them. That, that, I, do, that I do agree with. I do agree with that. But you'll never make a foot, an athlete into a football. It's the other way around. It's getting them. And people like Bielsa is doing that. And the other one is, is at Aston Villa. I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, Dean I think, Smith. I think he's doing a great job. I think he's recruited some some fine players. That, that A lot of people have, certainly in the Midlands area, have uh, spoken about Villa doing a Fulham, whereas Fulham spends £100 million and brought in a lot of players and it didn't quite work for them. Villa got rid of an awful lot of players and I think Dean Smith had to get in at least a dozen players just to make the numbers up. And, and I think some of the players that he's brought in are obviously going to be squad players, but I think he's identified one or two little gems there. And I think Villa could be a dark horse because I like the way Dean Smith sets his teams up and I like the way he plays football. Well, when you when you look what he's done, when he, what players he's signed, yep. yes, he's signed... Uh, 10, 12 uh, players. But some of them is signed from what he had from last season. Yeah. But he's, he's looked at, he's signed quality. If one, the thing what, what Fulham did, I, uh, uh, Aston Villa, for me, Dean Smith signed those, or is I've identified those players he wanted, yeah. and they've got it. At Fulham, I think the uh, owner's son, who's a football yeah. director there, he's brought in players what he thought. Yeah. Uh, and, I think that disrupted Fulham. It didn't give him a chance to spend hundred million pound on players. He might think, "Oh, we're having a go here." You know, if the manager doesn't want those players, it's not going to work in the first place. Dean Smith has identified the players uh, he wanted, and Aston Villa, whoever's the football director there, he's gone uh, and got the players for him. And when you look at them, the players from good clubs, what's been taught football, how Dean Smith wants to play himself, that's another plus. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, the one player that he brought early doors was um, was Jota off uh, off my team, Birmingham. I've yeah. always been a fan of Jota. I don't, I don't think that Birmingham got the best out of Jota because I don't think they played the football that was conducive to Jota's skills. Um, he took a lot of stick at Birmingham. He got an injury early doors as well, and I've kept saying and banging on. This kid is still a good player. You do not become a bad player. What happens is the player doesn't fit into the system that the football team's trying to play. And I think playing there at Aston Villa with two players in central midfield with him, Jack Grealish, who I'm a massive fan of, and I get dogs abuse from Blues supporters, even my own family. And also uh, John McGinn. Where John McGinn is a workhorse. I mean, he, he, he runs further then my car drives yeah. most well, days. Now, you see, it's going back to what you said early, uh, yeah. uh, in early part about it, uh, not fitting into that team. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. You know, the the manager, uh, instead of when he buys a player, is he going to fit into the philosophy 
I want to I want to play. Is he going to be able to play with the type of players I'm going to be signing? Yep. And you're right. And he's gone to Aston Villa, different way to play than what, what Birmingham uh, do. Uh, and, and and he's had a great season for them, or a couple of good seasons for them. And, and then Birmingham fans will say, well, why did he do that? Different type of uh, football with different clubs is yeah. a big thing. And I'm like you. I want Sheffield Wednesday to beat everybody, and I always think they're going to beat everybody. But if Birmingham City play Sheffield Wednesday, and Sheffield Wednesday uh, play uh, Birmingham beaters with playing fantastic football, I don't slag Birmingham off. And I, don't, I look at it and think, well, Fantastic Birmingham, yeah. great football, and it's like you with you with Grealish. Yep. That kid is is a fantastic footballer. Whether he's for Birmingham or whether he's for um, Aston Villa, you see a great footballer, and you you you're proud to say, well, I don't give a damn. I will say, whereas an ardent Birmingham fan will look at it, oh, you're not a Birmingham, because you're a Birmingham City fan. Yeah. I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, right? I saw Brooks uh, destroy us up at uh, Hillsborough, and I thought to myself, hey, "What a player this kid's going to be!" Great performance. You know, you know, and it was a great performance. They, they, they beat us four two up there. Mm. But the first thing I said to myself, "What a player! I wish we got him." Yeah. You know, I don't knock the player. I don't. You know, at the end of the day, the team will bet the does. Yeah. End off. You know, we've got to get it right. Uh, and with, with Villa having that type of player, it's only going to uh, in, in, uh, in advance. Uh, Aston Villa with that type of player because he's going to be able to unlock the door. When he didn't play for Villa, they had a torrid time. Yeah, they did. And when he came back, he turned the club round and they got into playoffs because they didn't look like getting playoffs. No. You know, no. after the game against Sheffield United, you know, you think to yourself, and then uh, teams were, were getting results and you think the Grealish weren't playing. Yeah. Then he came back. And not only that, Dean Smith uh, realises he's a player. Fetches him straight back into the team. Some managers won't do it because they don't want that type of player in the team. You know, he's a luxury player or he's not what they want uh, because he's a, a fan's uh, favourite. And another great thing I, th- I I believe that Dean Smith done with uh, Jack Grealish, he made him captain. That's one now, thing that Hudson always said about with Dave Sexton. Should have made or the ca- captain of Chelsea. And I think that extra responsibility makes the player. No, now that, when you think about that, you know, your careers and, you know, if they, if they be made captain of uh, their teams, these great players uh, yeah. for the, for these clubs, uh, what the fans love. If they are made captain, the TCAs and all these players, it does give them that more responsibility to think, yeah. well, I've got to lead uh, this club. And a lot of managers have, have held uh, their performances against them and it stopped them, you know, stopped them getting the captain say, oh, he's not, you know, uh, he's not reliable, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. No, make them the captain and see if they take that responsibility for everyone in and around the team and for the for the club when they're representing that club. Until you give that uh armband to that player you never know and I'm like you I think that's a great great shout by Dean Street to give him uh, that captaincy at a young age and all to lead you know senior players it's a big honour for him it is pretty much Jack's club I mean I think the boy's been there since the age of seven he lives and breathes Aston Villa Um, he's always been very vocal about his, his support of his football club and you 
put something up on Facebook today. Who's the best player, local player that you've seen at your football club? And I don't think there's a finer thing in football than seeing a homegrown, talented player come through that you can identify as one of your own. Well, we're not seeing it as much now because it's yeah. come a global, it's come a global uh, thing as football, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but we all used to see uh, a player from that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm about 30 miles away from Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. where Mel Sterling, Mark Smith, uh, Johnny Phantom, uh, all these players were born in Sheffield. Yeah. You know, and that, what I put up was who was the best local player to play in your team. But he had to be born in that city. Yeah. And I think that identifies uh, with the club and the fans yeah. that if, if they get an homegrown player in there, who especially is a good player, Sterling was at Sheffield Wednesday and Mark Smith. They were two great players for Sheffield Wednesday. It, you know, it, it, it gets that rapport going between the fans and the players. And they're the ones, well, they know how important it is uh, to play for that team in that city. So I, I think that's a plus if you can get at least a couple into your team what's from uh, Sheffield itself. So they are the Wednesdayites or Unitedites, yeah. uh, and it helps the clubs uh, getting the homegrown players through. Well, I would say the best homegrown talent that's come through at my club, Birmingham City, um, would be Bob Latchford. Yeah, Bob. Bob Latchford got a good centre forward. He was. He yeah. went in when he moved on to 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 Everton. Yeah. The the, the only problem is with, with with people like Sheffield Wednesday in Birmingham. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday is a massive club. Yeah. But when the big boys come in, you know, you Everton's and they're going to lose these type of players. But it's again, it's nice to get these players through. It relates with the with the team and the fans and the club. Mm. Um, and from like I said, for me, the the, the two. Uh, when I was playing, there was uh, Mel Sterling and, and Mark Smith. Uh, there were there were another one, David Grant, but he did he did okay, Dave, but he didn't do as well as Mark and uh, Mel. Uh, but when you get that player into that club, they will come into the dressing room. I, I've seen them; they were only even young lads. They were yeah. come on, we want to beat you know we want to beat these in Sheffield United, or we want to beat where well, they're playing because it's their club, it's their city, it's their town, you know. And it's, I think it's good to get, you know, at least a couple yeah. into your team in, in where, wherever you are, whether it's Birmingham, London, uh, Leeds, Newcastle, you know, to see homegrown talent in, you know, it's good for the city. And let's be honest as well, both Sheffield and Birmingham are big cities and there's a lot of lads that are playing football. It, it shouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility that you could get a decent scouting network, identify those boys at a young age, bring them through your youth team and then blood them into your first team. I, I get kind of in the Premier League where they're, they're buying the the uh, the world-class player these days and, and spending £80 million on, on, on a centre-half and a goalkeeper. So Lord knows what they're going to be, going to be paying out for a, a top-class striker. But I think certainly in the Championship and below, I think that's where the focus should be with football clubs, growing your own talent. Well, that should be a, that, that should be a big plus because you don't see now Premier League's uh, buying uh, players out of the lower leagues. Yeah. Why? I mean, if you go down and watch the third and fourth division football, all that is just kick and oof upfield. Yeah. Lincoln have got out of that division. Um, 
fourth division into third division or championship uh, one now by playing direct football. You're never going to see now your big clubs buying from that because it's not their type of football. Yeah. On top of that, uh, Gabby, you know, your big clubs won't allow, uh, loan their players out to them because it's not the type of football yeah. they've been teaching their uh, young players. Yeah. Now, for me, if a chairman or an owner of a football club were developing uh, and trying to fetch good quality players through with good quality coaching, it will help the club yeah. because you've only got to sell one of those players for five million. It's going to help that club for two or three years. Yeah. And if you can produce, like like crew used to produce it, crew uh, Alexander, they you produce and, and sell players. Like I don't know what you know, few million pound on 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 players to help the club. If it's if it's spent wisely and invested wisely, that club will be secure for the rest of its life. Yeah, I can't understand why. I'm like you. I can't understand why they don't do this. But it, it's managers coming to that at that level. What they the managers do, and I I see what they do. They they want to get get themselves uh, organised, uh, prove themselves to get another club. They don't think about the club itself. It's it's about them. So he's trying to get that balance right for, for the club and for the manager, isn't it? And yeah, you're absolutely right, Terry. And it's all about, unfortunately, in football, the now and not laying down the seeds of fruition for a bright future. Well, listen, again, we'll go back to Bielsa. Look look at you, you look what he does. Majority of his players are young players. Yeah. He's not frightened to play them. Yeah. Guardiola, I know he, he hasn't he spent a lot of money, but he's never spent over... Eighty million pound for players. I think his his transfer record is about seventy million, yeah. sixty five million. Yeah, you know what? And he's not even in team. Is yeah. Ramirez? He's not on a regular basis. You know, he identifies players at thirty, forty, fifty billion, and he signs them and he improves them. That's a different kettle of fish to 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 a Sheffield Wednesday fetching players through. But there's enough young talent throughout Sheffield and and in and around Sheffield to get. Good quality players into that setup, yep. right? If they get the right coaching, yep. which will benefit the club and the players. Yeah. Make no mistake on it. That's what the name of the game is identifying them, recruiting them, and then giving them that field of dreams to play on. And for you, it's Hillsborough. And for me, it's for St Andrews. And finally, Birmingham City, they're playing in the League Cup tonight. We got Pompey away. Um, Borley managed Portsmouth. Pompey, and, yeah. yeah, and one of our most famous centre-halves, Noel Blake, also played for Portsmouth. Any memories about Noel? Oh, he was an hard <laughs> man to play against. He was an hard man to play against. He, he didn't mess around with him. Even though, I mean, I remember... Um, I said to Borley one day when I was playing for Huddersfield at the end of my career, uh, I said, he's crackers, that uh, lad. He said, no, I tell him to kick, I'd make sure he kicked you, <laughs> you know. I said, well, he, I, he made sure he kicked me because he caught me once and I'll tell you what, it's a wonder I didn't end up in the director's box. It'd be that hard. But a tough, tough kid uh, was not. I think he's working at, uh, in the England setup now. I'm sure he is. He certainly he was. was. Yep, he certainly was. He, he was certainly very, very well thought of. I've not really heard too much about Noel in, uh, in recent uh, recent times, but he was. Uh, he certainly won and you never know. He might just come back and manage Birmingham City one of those days. Yeah. Well, going back to Portsmouth is what a, 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 well, it still is a decent club, but it, it was a, a big club in 
in fifties and forties uh, and fifties were Portsmouth, were a big club in the old first division. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it's it's, it's uh, an ideal scenario for Portsmouth uh, to take one of one of the big boys back on again. But what I hear on on Saturday about Birmingham, it would all shots in for Brentford. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and Birmingham had one shot and scored but sometimes that happens in football you think to yourself how have we lost that game but only time will tell Gabby whether Birmingham are going to have a bad season or a good season I hope it's a good season for you because at the end of the day it's like anything else like when Sheffield Wednesday went to third division or the old third division you know you still support them and you'll always support them but I think it's it's really in time for Birmingham City for me yeah I would say in in my Honest, humble opinion, and that's all I ever do. I give my honest opinion. I say it as I see it. I think that um, I mean we should have been four 0 down at half time, mind mm. you. I mean we did, we did score a wonder goal, so it would have made it four one. We absolutely battered. Only had one headed. Uh, it wasn't a shot. It was a header uh, on target. And I think I think Blues will do well to finish halfway up that league. I think that'd well, be a good season for us. Well, when you look at it, uh, when you look at Birmingham and you look at Brentford. There's a big, a big difference in size of some fan base exactly. and the club itself. Yeah. But look how much money uh, Brentford have spent, yeah. and they've been able to spend it because you know it, it's been spent wisely. Yeah. And all the and now what Birmingham have done is spent uh, wrongly, yeah. and it's got itself into that position. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is, you look at them two, and then you look at Little Bournemouth was another prime example. Yeah. When you look at them, they have spent a vast amount of money. Yeah. For for the size of that club, but it's been it's been spent wisely, mm-hmm. and I mean wisely. They now can sell players for the 30, 40, 50. I mean, what's the centre half? What what did for him? Seventy five million pound now, yeah. you know. And when you look what's happened to people like Sheffield Wednesday and um, and Birmingham compared to Bournemouth and Brentford, where they're spending fifteen thousand pound in uh, fifteen million pound in the uh, championship. And that's and uh, Bournemouth in the Premier League spending thirty, forty billion pounds on players. It's 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 unbelievable when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 kind of the the cart before the horse now. Again, in old money with the bigger clubs and in the old first division. But these days, with Sky and the money, it does allow the smaller clubs like your Brightons, like your you know, not so much Brentford because they've mm. not been in the Premier League. But uh, those smaller teams, your Bournemouths and that, to, to to punch pound for pound with the bigger boys. And, and, and that's the only thing that I would say that it's done good for the smaller clubs. It has given them that ability to, to, to match some of the bigger clubs. Well, it's helped them in some, to, to financially yeah. secure them if, if, if the club has been run right. Yep. You know, when you, when you look at what's happened to, to Bolton Wanderers, yep. you know, uh, they were the found the members to get into the uh, Premier League and look what's happened to them Yeah, you know by trying to go over overboard with it uh, it's great to see him get in that league and it's great to see him run, run wisely yeah. not keep spending and spending like I mean Fulham to spend 100 million pounds they wasted all that money when they when they got up if they don't go up this season they will start to find difficulties at that football club you watch I guess football's like anything in life. If you if you're starving and you've got your last pound, are you better going and buying a carrot or a potato or getting the seed, getting the knowledge 
and growing your own because then you will be self-sufficient. After you've eaten, you've eaten it, it's finished. You need those seeds and plant those seeds. And one day, perhaps some football clubs will realise how important the youth structure of that football club is. Well, I think some clubs have got to start really looking at it and trying to analyse it. Yeah. I mean, I thought that's what Chelsea were going to do. But what they've done is is, is grown that uh, academy and, and just, for just giving place to go out on loan. Yeah. Uh, and the Med, they've even gone the other way and made fortunes out of it. Yeah. But you're right, clubs have got to start looking at it and start to produce their own players. But they've got to be coached right, Gabby. Yeah. Because even in, even in the academies, the coaches are only looking after themselves. When I say look after themselves, I don't mean they're not looking after the players. They're looking after their philosophy instead of trying to get the best player, improve the player and make them even better. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Tal. What we're talking about next week anyhow, mate, so I think we're going to have to close our weekly podcast up uh, tonight now. It's Birmingham City, the players are almost on the pitch. Who do you fancy for the Cup uh, this season just before we go and what we got next week? Well, how can we... I mean, that's a good, that's a good shout again, but how can, how can we predict in the Cups? I mean, it's not like it used yeah, to be, is exactly. it? You know, where, uh, You know, your teams are going to win the FA Cup. Even the small clubs now are uh, not even playing reserves. They're playing some of you've teaming them. Yeah. You know, so it's very hard to, be, to go beyond the top clubs now because your Manchester Cities have got two football teams, so you yeah. don't look beyond them. I know it's boring, boring saying it, but you don't look beyond them. Uh, what will we talk about next week? Well, the Premier League's up. There'll be some something interesting in it. There'll be, there'll be some managers under pressure already after two games in Championship. Uh some managers will come under pressure after one game in the Premier League. You know, it, it all depends. Whatever comes up, there'll be a player who may have done something spectacular and we might want to be talking about him. It might be uh, that somebody's done something wrong. You know, we'll be talking about that. But there'll be something interesting to talk about, Gabby. We will, and we'll base it around the Maverick theme as well next week. Yes, we'll, we'll have a look to see what uh, players have got that type of player. Yeah. Uh, what we, we like and uh, what the fans like. The modern day Maverick and the Mavericks of yesteryear, and we'll we'll pick our six six greatest English players. Right, we'll 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 do that. Ready for next week. Okay, mate. Till next okay. week. Cheers. Thanks, Gabby. Cheers, Tell. Bye bye. Bye bye, mate. Bye bye. SRB Media. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.